All right, let's uh, let's kick it off with the <laughs> ceremonial jingling of the keys. <laughs> Talk the podcast for the mediabyus.com. Joining me today is DJ. Yup. Chris. Hello. And I got myself a Brent. I got myself a David. Oh. Uh, on today's podcast, we are going to be talking about what we've been watching as well as the week's uh, news. And we may be singularly focused there, but uh, don't let me spoil it for you. We're starting off with watch lists. I want to go first because I watched nearly nothing and played nearly nothing. <laughs> Uh, nothing of note, at least. I rewatched Logan, still a great movie, um, and I have still been playing Super Mario Odyssey, getting the end game moons that are difficult. Mm-hmm. Still playing Breath of the Wild. I'm at 104 of 120 total shrines. The two of the four major dungeons, still a fantastic game. The only really thing that I want to update people on is I've been struck by HQ Madness, mm. the live trivia game with Scott Rogowski. Yeah. Forgot to talk about it last week, but I'm two weeks in. I've been playing the three o'clock and nine o'clock game. Basically, every time I don't have anything super pressing, um, people are probably walking by my office at work wondering why there's some guy just kind of chatting away and some good dance music on. But <laughs> HQ, it is. Yeah, um, game's awesome. We've been playing it too. Me and Chris kind of got on it at the same time. David had brought it up on the podcast yeah. months ago. Yeah. Well, it wasn't. It wasn't Android. Yeah, it was iOS right. exclusive at first. Yeah, and they keep raising the the, the dollar amounts. Yeah, so twenty five hundred now. Twenty five hundred is the minimum uh, for both games. Do you know what this is, Brent? I've heard okay. I've heard people recommend it. Yeah, I okay. think tonight it's well, not for people hearing this, but for us Another tonight 15, it's fifteen thousand tonight. Yeah. yeah, and for people hearing this now, uh, we all won. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, last time they did a fifteen thousand dollar prize, there were enough winners that everyone got seventy five bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, they're difficult questions. It's know it or you don't, which is fair for. You know, an online streaming trivia game. Yeah, we're talking about our styles for it, and you can, if you miss it, you can keep uh, watching it. You know, just enjoy trivia questions. When I miss, I have to rage quit. I cannot <laughs> continue hearing, like, seeing the success of other people. And that says a lot about me. But I know you, you keep uh, listening, right? Yeah, I keep listening. I, I, I just like hearing trivia questions. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, obviously here at the Media Bias, we love games because every three weeks we make you guys listen to games we write for each other. Games. Um, but yeah, it's just it's it's really fun. It's really well put together. Uh, I am shocked that after six months, it hasn't been optioned into a full a full TV show. Um, Scott Rogowski is an amazing host. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's, good. he's got great banter. Uh, we had there was an instance on Friday, I think, where the uh, where the game crashed. The servers crashed like mid game uh, at three. And his ability to just like stall and fill for time is just really good. I mean, he's a stand up comedian, so he's got chops. Um, but HQ's a lot of fun. Free to play. I recommend it. Yeah. Um, you can get extra lives by sharing shit on Facebook. I don't see a lot of people doing that. I don't do it um, with referral codes. I, I've seen one person do it, and I think I I think I sent it as a text to UTJ. <laughs> like, you can send it to a friend, but that was, like, in the halcyon days of, like, October. Yeah, <laughs> when it was $500. Yeah, it was, like, mean. 75 bucks at uh, Red Lobster. Yeah. <laughs> 
was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. But yeah, I really like it. And that really is the long and short of it. That's what I've been watching and playing this week. It's been a really, really busy week at work, um, aside from some convenient rewatches. I'll go next just because I was going to check to see if you're still watching uh, Challenge and Top Chef. I am. I am watching both of those still. I don't really count those in watch list until someone else brings up weekly shows. Sure. Top Chef was exciting. There's this woman on Top Chef who yeah. three challenges in a row has been throwing people under the bus. We told you guys about how she did it with Tanya last week and she yeah. just refused to acknowledge it. Yeah. It happened again where she was, it's Restaurant Wars, it's their big thing. It's yeah. like restaurant the, the merge for fun. Top Chef. Um, where it changes the game, it's they have to run a full restaurant for dinner service. Um, and she was appointed executive chef, which she gladly accepted. And then when she wasn't tasting things, when she was expoing food, and things like really simple shit that you could fix, like the sweet potato chips were burnt. Like that's something you can taste and fix. Under seasoned stuff like that. Yeah. Um, that was what they had a problem with with their restaurant, and they lost. And she just immediately was like, well, I didn't want to be executive chef. And she also said, like, I'm an executive chef. I just, like, ex- executed the menu. Right. Like, just trying to say, oh, there's a similar root word there. Yeah. And they called her out, and it's like, you've been an executive chef. Like, you know this. I don't know what you're talking about. She accused that style of being a EC as a old school and fussy because they were working side by side with the other team. Um, different stations, but next to them. Yeah. And the other guy, Bruce, who their team just, like, fucking killed it. She was like... Bruce keeps yelling at people. I want happy people who are just cooking their food and cooking it well. Like that that style is so so old. And then of course they lost because that style is old because it works really well, right? <laughs> Taste everything that goes out. Watch any Gordon Ramsay show and that's the one thing he will impart to you. If you've never been in the kitchen, you'll know taste everything before it goes yeah. out the door. Always a, be tasting. Yeah. You ever eat a pizza where there's not one slice gone? <laughs> Throw it in the garbage. <laughs> Pac-Man or nothing. <laughs> but uh, uh, it's the marquee episode of Top Chef every year. I thought it was pretty yeah. entertaining. Yeah. Sweet. I was glad, uh, I like Fatima, like a baby Padma. Yeah. I was glad she didn't go. She was on the bottom. Yeah. I was in, I, I got Gold Derby crazy just because we put in our Oscar picks, which we'll talk about later. Sure. Um, but they have uh, reality shows, big reality shows. Mm-hmm. And there was like, there's one for, it's like, who do you think in this episode will be in the bottom but not go home? And I was like, probably Fatima. Because in the previews, I saw that she was on Claudette's team, and I was like, Claudette sucks. Mm-hmm. She's just the fucking worst. I'm happy she's gone. Yeah. Well, what about challenge? Anything crazy? I've been I've been really enjoying the season. It's kind of like a reset with the people there. Cast is huge. It's a lot of fun. You got the power structure of the troika. Yeah. <laughs> just like, it's just it. I love how convoluted it is. Yeah. So the, it's it's like the winner picks. Or, like, the top three people, it yeah. varies. But, like, three people pick uh, two people to be eligible for elimination, and a person, the third person is the person who's at the bottom. And they have a, like, dinner where they argue their merits about who should actually be at the bottom. No, they, they nominate three people to go against the bottom one. Yeah. So <laughs> okay. the person who, like, loses the challenge is automatically in the elimination round. Yeah. And then each, and then the Troika picks three people. And then they have a six-person dinner where of the three people who were chosen, they choose the final person based on their, like, arguments and strategy. They, they vote on it. And there's, like, a reveal once the Troika comes up with the three. They, like, open the doors and it's giant, like, murals of the people. Yeah. Uh, it's just been, it's been entertaining, I guess. Yeah. Not, nothing earth-shattering, but. 
No, nothing really exciting. Um, you know, fan favorite Johnny Bananas is still Johnny Bananas. He still people talk shit about him about like about how like he's so old, like he doesn't actually like know how to like play this game. This is all he's got. But past two challenges, he's been in the Troika. He's like either won or been in the top three, and all the dinners like he's basically decided who was going into elimination. So huh. people can talk as much shit as they want, and it's probably fake produced drama, but. They he's certainly got a, a handle on the game. I mean, it's his career, so he, yeah, he does it professionally. Yeah, yeah, it's fun. Three episodes in, in case anyone wants to get caught up. I'm yeah. sure that if you have an on-demand service, all of them are available. It's good time too, because like I said, the cast is big. There's a lot of people uh, that we don't know, like the people from uh, um, X Big on the Brother, Beach. X on the Beach, uh, some UK shows. Those guys are kind of fun. Yeah. Somebody, some people from Geordie the, Shore. Geordie Shore, yeah. It's like a, <clears throat> some kind of locale of England accent. I forgot where it's supposed to be from. And then to, to steal a little from Breezy, uh, Johnny Bananas is going to be on uh, the next season of Big Brother. He has catapulted himself into moderate fame, jumping up from D-level celebrity to C-level. Nice. From the challenge, he could have literally done that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literal catapult. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, so... I watched a couple things. Uh, I'll just spend an hour on each. First thing I saw, <laughs> the movie I saw, coming out of our week, our talk last week, where we where Paddington 2 was officially the best movie of all time, I, I went and saw Paddington 1. Nice. <laughs> and it was great. It's a great movie. Nice. It's, del- it's delightful. Yeah, it's so charming, and you... Really sad, though. The first, like, 20 minutes are gut Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I was... You know, Allison and I were watching it, and she's very pregnant. And she I started, told her. Yeah. <laughs> I told her not to watch it. She started crying during it and got yeah. pissed that she was crying at a, <laughs> at a movie. Yeah, it's just really good. Really funny and uh, kind of off-the-wall charming. Good, so, good villain. Good villain, yeah. You know, actually sets up the Step villain pretty well. <laughs> a better villain than some DC stuff. Yeah. How many, how many mother boxes do Only they have one to? mother box, and it's filled with marmalade sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, you know, that movie's four years old at this point. Just yeah. go see Paddington. Um, any any Netflix, of the right? uh, cinematic universe. Is it on is it streaming on something? Yeah, Netflix. Yeah, Netflix. Netflix. Yeah. yeah, go see it. So when you see the greatest movie of all time, it'll make sense. <laughs> yep. The the universe building they do. Stay for the post credit scene. Where yeah. Thanos. <laughs> Thanos. Thanos. It's a marmalade gem. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's actually in the shape of a button. <laughs> um, Sam, Sam Jackson gives him his little yellow hat. Yeah. <laughs> that pays off in four movies. <laughs> Next thing I saw is a Netflix original. It just came out on Friday. Uh, Jermaine, to what you were talking about, Brent, last week. The National Lampoon doc. The National Lampoon... Kind of biopic just came out. Uh, it's called A Feudal and Stupid Gesture. Any of you guys get a chance to see it? I haven't yet. I've Will, Will Forte, it. though, right? Yeah, Will Forte is uh, Doug Kenny, and uh, Domhnall Gleeson is uh, Henry Beard. Mm-hmm. He's like the straight laced partner. Um, I'll, I won't talk too much about it. I'll let you, you guys will probably end up seeing it, I'm guessing. Yeah, I probably will just because it's, it's of a topic that's interesting to me. Even though I saw the trailer for it, the trailer looked really bad, so I was a little concerned. It's not a great movie, but again, it's the the thrill is seeing how much fun these guys are having playing like their uh, comedy legends. Mm-hmm. Like John Daly as Bill Murray doesn't really look or sound that much like Bill Murray, but he kind of gets the a little bit of the essence. Yeah, 
Um, person playing Gilda Radner, I think it's the um, one of the wrestlers from Glow. It's really good. Uh, Joe McHale is Chevy Chase. It's really fun. That seems the very perfect casting. Yeah. If there's anyone who a little goes, too close to yeah. home, <laughs> but he's he's really good as Chevy Chase. Yeah, it goes through Caddyshack, um, uh, Animal House, the founding of the magazine. You know, it's, it's entertaining. Because Kenny was in both those movies and a, a major producer. On, yeah, on writer or producer for him. Yeah. Um, I don't know. See it. It's an hour and a half. It's got it. I would like to talk to you guys about the insane framing device it has. All right. Um, see what your guys' take on it is. Oh, I was going to say, you can do that now. That's what this part's for. <laughs> I'll see it in March. Probably. Yeah. March 5th. <laughs> yeah. Moving on to the 2018 race. Well, speaking of that, next uh, four things I saw are Oscar nominees Sweet. from the 90th Academy Awards. Mm. Um, the first thing I saw was, uh, I've been putting it off. I saw Beauty and the Beast. It's got a couple nominations, costume and stuff. Yeah. Uh, production design? Yes. Yeah. It's fun. It's well earned. Yeah. There. The production design is good. And the costumes are great. Yeah. Yeah. They look Being like fancy for, dresses from yeah. Victorian France. Being nominated for costume but. doesn't mean your movie is the best. It just means it has the best costumes. Yeah. Or tell some that, of the tell best. that to people on Facebook talk about Star Wars. Good <laughs> <laughs> lord. Or Suicide Squad back in the day. You know, Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Back Less in than the a day. year ago. <laughs> Less than a year ago. Back in the day. <laughs> those those wounds. Back in volume one of Talkie Talk. <laughs> But uh, everyone has seen it now? Yep. 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 Cool. It's all right. <laughs> I, believe, I believe I'll quote my Letterboxd review, which was, this is the cinematic equivalent of a shrug. <laughs> what did you think of Dan Stevens' creepy CGI face? Uh, it was really real creepy. It was like off-brand CGI. Yeah. From like like a, like a Korean news <laughs> thing that they do, the CGI, yeah. like run back the news. <laughs> it felt like to me. Yeah. Uh, Luke Evans was really good as Gaston. Yeah, thought he's he's great singing voice and uh, really. Just, I like what they did with him and Josh Gad. Yeah, they were good when they were on screen. I really he was like, fully bought into like the comic bravado of that. Yeah, yeah. I really liked him. Uh, we watched one episode of The Alienist. Um, he's really good in it. It's cool. The show they were promoting mm-hmm. all during some sports. <laughs> sports. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like they didn't get the same uh, CGI team that did Jungle Book so well. Yeah, and then some of the shots and like I remember particularly not enjoying Be My Guest in the movie because it was like ugh, just yeah. so much. It was a really weird version of it. Yeah. And like they did enough to keep the actors' faces in the things that they were that, not, not a fan of that. No, no, no why it was weirds me out, yeah. Where it was like I get that, you know, eyes and nose and a mouth is like, you know, pareidolia, but like I don't want to see the like a human looking face. On like a candelabra, <laughs> Chris the vocab king strikes again. <laughs> it's seeing faces and things that don't have faces. Yeah. Okay. The one thing uh, I did say in my letterbox review was that you know this movie really wasn't made for our benefit. No. Anyway. No. You know, we can enjoy it a little bit, but you know Love it you. made money. It continued the machine. Yeah. We'll uh, we'll keep getting these for ten years now. Yep. There's going to be Aladdin, Lion King. Yeah, and uh, as bad as as bad as as bad as Cinderella was, as mediocre as Beauty and the Beast was, Jungle Book was great. Yeah, so yeah, there's there's some production problems going on right now with Mulan. It, yeah, it, it just got pushed back to behind. Uh, what's supposed to be the one after Mulan? Lion King. It got pushed back to behind Lion King. Yeah. It was supposed to release before. Um, and we got another Jungle Book coming out this year, 2018. Yes. The Andy Circus directed. Be interesting. Yeah. 
I mean, the motion capture will be really good, I bet. <laughs> uh, I also saw some docs that were nominated because they were available. Nice. Um, I saw Strong Island. Have you guys seen that? I've not. I think I've seen the other two you saw, but I've not seen Strong I Island. That's on Netflix. It's about uh, Yancey Ford. Is a. Uh, it's not pertinent to the pro- plot, but she's a transgender director. Um, first ever nominated yeah, for like an Academy her Award. Researching her brother's murder. Yeah, her okay. brother was murdered in Long Island in the in the early nineties, and it is uh, oof. It is it is just like wrenching obsession with grief. The entire family. Oh, um, like holding Yay. holding <laughs> loss and grief and like sadness and depression like inches from your face for like two plus hours. Because when you started, you're like investigating a murder. I was like, ooh, I might like this. And then it just plummeted off a cliff. Well, I mean, there is like, there's a conceit there about injustice. And you, she gets to talk to people involved in the case. But it is, it is wrenchingly obsessed with grief. Um, I don't even know if I can say it's good or bad. But it's, it is, it's powerful. Yeah. But it is uh, almost not even documentary. It's like so personal feeling. Huh. Like therapy. I'll check it out soon. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward. To I it. wanted to knock that out. Um, All right. It's impressive filmmaking and stuff, but I, I finished it. Um, very depressing. I also saw Icarus. I saw Icarus. I saw Icarus. Hey, a troika. Loved Icarus. It. I loved it. I'm an elimination. Icarus was was really good. Yeah. the The setup for it is like a guy who's a director just wants to like. Uh, I don't know, be mischievous and start doping to see if they can catch him for, like, an amateur race. Yeah. And it's like, you know, you're watching, it's like, all right, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. You know, kind of see, you know, lay bare some of the hypocrisy. It's like a, a super size me for uh, cycling and doping. Sort yeah. Of. He's going to be doing all this stuff and, you know, theoretically everything's going to come back clean and the hypocrisy of WADA, the agency against doping. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, an hour into it, the movie just like hits a pivot, and I was blown away. It doesn't even hit a pivot; it gets saved because he yeah. goes to that that race, and his bike breaks essentially. Mm-hmm. And, and you're like, "Well, like if I was him, I'd be like, well, this documentary's fucked now. <laughs> the whole point of this was yeah. winning this race, and I can't do it now.' Mm-hmm. And it got saved by a wacko, a really engaging, interesting yeah. character in the documentary. Yeah, Gregory. Rudchenkov. Rudchenkov. Yeah. I don't want to say too much about it because I highly, I highly recommend it. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it, and I think some of the reveal is some of the fun for that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't. It wasn't. I wouldn't call it a twist even for me. I didn't. Some I, of the marketing material has put the second half of the movie kind of to the forefront, mm. and so they've they've. Even that though, it was such a slow burn. It there wasn't like a. And then this happened, yeah. kind of thing. Well, right. I think it's like it lays bare like what this documentary is really about. And what I like is like you have a change in structure and format too. Yeah, like the that was cool editing and the was, like sophistication of the documentary just like you know kicks up a notch. Yeah, animation was really good. I thought um, when they yeah, were telling all the, like, side stories was all really the good. Chirons and stuff. <laughs> I was trying to like kind of disengage a little because I've heard that part of you know yeah. yeah. The that movie is like how it kind of evolves, written really weird ways. Evolves is a good word for it. Yeah, like kind of S Town style. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's a good good comparison. Um, yeah, I mean, I liked it. I gave it four stars. I thought the the movie was good. I thought the, the story was fine. Um, tad long, but that's fine. Easy Malton. 
I mean, it just yeah. it didn't need a lot of that. It could have been 90 minutes long and it was done, it, done it fun. I thought yeah. Tad Long was the guy who was in it. <laughs> Tad Long. Uh, but, but really cool story. Yeah, I highly recommend it. It's available on Netflix. I think it's, uh, you know, it's an entertaining documentary. Which, yeah. And it's, sure. and it's about an important, like, you know, topic. And so sometimes it's tough for documentaries to bridge that gap between, like, yeah. important and entertaining. Like... I think of some of the more entertaining docs I've watched, and it's like the, uh, I'm sure for y'all, the Jim and Andy doc was mm-hmm. sure. wildly entertaining, but not very important. And the Dana Carvey show doc was very entertaining for me, and but not ultimately about anything important. And this is, I think, enough of both. I think it's 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 a fun, it, it's a yeah, it's a fun watch. It's probably the most fun you'll have in Best Documentary, too. Definitely. <laughs> uh, the two I watched were the, the most fun, and yeah. neither one of them were like... <laughs> made me feel good about life. But. Next thing I saw was Abacus, t- Small Enough to Jail. Yeah, I saw Abacus. I was trying to knock out as many docs as I could. Um, what'd you think? Super important story. Mm-hmm. Very important uh, content. Mm-hmm. But uh, as far as the movie goes, I wasn't really impressed. This could have, I could have gotten it from the Wikipedia page. Yeah, it's, or a, it's, a Frontline segment, which is what I think it was like, originally. Yeah, like PBS. Yeah. I think it aired on PBS and it feels like yeah, it'd be a entertaining. It's only like Hour and a half, I think. Yeah. It I liked it. I thought the the people in the doc were compelling and the story was the kind of story where you are you know, it's a you are aggrieved on their behalf. Yeah, you're super angry more than you are rooting for them. I yeah. was anyway. Yeah. It's about the uh for those who don't know, it's about the, the only bank that was indicted in the two thousand eight financial crisis. And it's a very small bank, like around the three hundredth biggest bank in the country or something somewhere in there. It's a yeah. bank that pretty much services Chinatown in New York. Yeah, helps them with like home loans and stuff because they don't get a lot of W two business loans. And yep, all that kind of shit. And uh, while the dad was uh, wonderful, mm-hmm. and so was his wife, the daughters for some reason annoyed the shit out of me. They were just talking over each other constantly. Just, well, they just they felt super real to me. Yeah, they were very real. I mean, it's a documentary. Right. So. <laughs> good, good job making them seem real. Well, I mean, like, uh, like. How would you think you'd behave in that that thing? Yeah, you are you're you're working for the company that is currently under investigation by the uh, you know the state's attorney, and it's like your entire family's legacy, and your eighty year old father could potentially go to jail for you know a period of time and die in jail. That'd be yeah, I mean for sure, but I just was still annoyed by them. <laughs> yeah. I guess I, I wasn't annoyed by them. Yeah. I just it was. I uh, wasn't annoyed. There was one in particular, the one who had to quit the DA's office. Yeah, she was a the great character in that documentary. But mm-hmm. um, they're kind of the daughters are also kind of interchangeable. They're, there's so many that they. Uh, I felt come so bad because I thought there were three until the very end when they were all seen in this like the same yeah. screenshot. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, there's four. Um, they all have like <laughs> the, they all have like the same haircut too, and like uh, the same tone of voice when they're kind of bickering and trying to like. Uh, you know, people that are would be frustrated because there's injustice. Yeah. And, uh... Man, he betrayed that. I think he may have been, but the DA is a... The federal attorney is such a douchebag. Yeah. Every time he talked. But, really important story. Um, and... Uh, a very interesting story. It was just... Yeah. I... I, I, I hate to do this again, but I, uh... I enjoyed the end. I didn't think it was gonna end up like that. I guess I didn't know the story. Yeah. It, it's it's definitely worth a watch, and it's pretty short, right? Hour and a half. Yep, yep. On oh, no, that one's on Amazon. 
Yeah. So the only other thing I watched, and I'm going to pass the baton, is a Netflix show in between breaks of these like crushing documentaries. <laughs> I started watching Sci-Fi's The Magicians. <laughs> oh, I watched the uh, first couple episodes of that. Yeah. Uh, I, I like it. I actually read all these books a couple years ago. Nice. Books are great. Love Grossman, I think, did all these books. Cool. They're really fun. It's like, the conceit is, it's like adult Harry Potter. If like an actual college was like Harry Potter, you know, you have people that, you know, use magic to get high, get drunk, you know, fool around and steal things and basically be immoral. In addition to, you know, there's mystery going on because it's, everything's fucking magical. Yeah, I, uh... I quit watching it. <laughs> it's like me and David anti-day, apparently. Yeah, well... I watched three episodes and was like, nah. I probably wouldn't have finished the first episode, but I'd, I'd read it, so I kind of knew. That helps, yeah. I wanted to see... Uh, I want to see what how they do something. Okay. Yeah, so I want to kind of at least finish the first season, see how it goes. There's a specific plot point that you're waiting on? <clears throat> yeah, kind of. Yeah, cool. Just kind of see how the story goes. There's not a lot of those that I, I have out there. You know, I never read Game of Thrones beforehand. Or anything like that, and it was kind of fun that this adapted into a show that something I've read before. Nice. And we don't like to talk about reading on here, but uh, I watched a thing in conjunction with it. We can't read. We can't read. <laughs> Books are microphone stands. <laughs> <laughs> that's all they're good for. To here. show our domination. <laughs> but that's it for me. I'll go because I'll be quite quick since uh, the only movie I watched was Icarus. Um, so uh, other than just. Uh, Watching, continuing to watch old Survivor seasons, uh, I did watch something, though, that I think I, I definitely want to recommend. First off, how familiar are you guys with Saved by the Bell? Not enough for the question that you're asking okay. right now. <laughs> did you ever watch Saved by the Bell? I'm yeah. very, very familiar. Yes. Okay. You can watch this entire season, and it's on Amazon. You can watch it in about 45 minutes. Uh, it's called Zach Morris is Trash. Oh, I've seen. I've, uh, I've, I've seen I've the like scrolling by it. Yeah, phenomenal. Yeah. It, they are just a. Each one is like five minutes long, and they each one pinpoints a specific episode and just outlines and details exactly why Zach Morris is a garbage human being yeah. <laughs> and ruins everyone's lives around him for his own just uh, you know betterment. And so it's true. It's uh, it's hilarious. Nice. We. Uh, Ashley and I had so much fun watching that the other night. Um, yeah, I've seen a couple of clips on like Facebook getting sucked into the video hole. So and they're uh, yeah, they're if fun. Have, if you have Amazon Prime and you have any familiarity with Save by the Bell, take an hour of your day and just watch all of these, and there you'll you'll love it. Cool. That's about it for me. I don't think I, I don't know if I said I finished the third Uncharted game. Oh, nice. Uncharted three. Yeah, the game was a lot of fun. That's about it. Cool. If I think of something else, I'll just interrupt TJ. <laughs> Uh, I watched something. I played a game. It was a really good mobile game. Uh, I bought it. It was five bucks. Uh, framed too. Yep. Played Framed or ever heard of Framed? Mm-mm. It's a really cool game. It is a series of comic book pages. You are playing a uh, spy, and you have to rearrange and spin and interact with the comic book frames to get him to the end of the page. Mm. And it's super fun. Really nice. engaging. Um, and the, the effects are actually really good. Um, I actually went on and just looked for like, like mobile game of the year awards. Mm. And, uh, it was really high on IndieWire's list mm-hmm. for games, for nice. paid games. Uh, so I sprang for the five bucks and, uh, love it. Definitely recommend it if anybody, I mean, it's rare to pay money for mobile games, I know, in this day, but super fun. Um, 
I think I'm probably going to download it on the iPad. Play it with the missus some. But it's definitely worth it. I watched a shit ton of movies this past week, so I'm glad y'all didn't watch anything. I'll uh, skim a few of them that weren't uh, Oscar noms. And David actually hit on a couple, so that's good. Uh, <laughs> I watched uh, The Skeleton Twins, which is good. David's seen it before. I think Brent's seen it as well. Mm-hmm. Have you seen it, Chris? No. Uh, it's really good. The acting is really good. It's a fun little story. It's the best I've seen Hater. Hater is really good. And uh, Wig was really good. And I honestly thought Luke Wilson was great mm-hmm. in that movie, which is fun because he sucks at most movies these days, I feel like. Sorry, Luke, if you're listening. <laughs> wow. That's uh, <laughs> his brother. Yeah, his brother's just real offended that you would say Wow. <laughs> He's definitely listening. Uh, I watched a movie with Pierce Brosnan, Lake Bell, Owen Wilson. Do y'all remember this movie? came out two years ago, No Escape. Do y'all remember Oh, is that where they tossed the kid across the roof? They do. That is part of the movie. <laughs> that was like the end. The like money shot of the commercial is like. Ah. Man, that director is obsessed with slow mo. That five people went across that roof in that scene. Every one of them in like the slowest of slow motion. <laughs> no idea why that was was the case. The movie did a really good job of building suspense, but it uh, it just didn't pay off. It was, it was pretty awful. Uh, I watched What Happened to Monday, the 2017 Netflix movie. That's a Chris special. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> It's a really interesting plot that just didn't seem to ever quite pay off for yeah. me. I was like, oh, I bet this happens. Yep, yep, I was right. <laughs> That's definitely what happened. Um, so kind of boring at times for me, but... Neat little sci-fi turn. She was great yeah. in it. And she had a lot to do. Yeah, she was pretty much we the, talk only, a lot the about only actress in the movie. Degree of difficulty. Yeah. yeah. Really sad at times, though. Yeah. What happened on Monday. Uh, I watched one of the animated films. I watched Loving Vincent. It's hard. It's going to force us in about a month when we do our Oscar podcast to kind of decide, or it's going to force me to decide what I'm picking in the Animated Feature Award. If I'm picking the best like movie that happens to be animated or if I'm awarding... The best animation. Yeah. Because the animation is absolutely gorgeous and it never gets old and it's constantly changing. For me, I will say the name of the award sort of defines it for me because they have categories for best sound design. Or best sound mixing, I mean, and best costume design. Just like Kubo was eligible to get into visual effects last year, mm-hmm. and also for animated feature. Yeah. So, but this is best animated feature. I'm picking the best movie that's animated. Is what I will do. Right. It's like a fantastic story with like stick figures. That's fine. You're not looking at the animation at all. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Because they all that far. Because they already right, but you they have to, already so. look at that to nominate them. So nothing like a stick figure thing is going to get to the point where I get to vote for it. Right, it's the world but they, that's that's my problem is that they nominate with the, without those rules. They don't nominate the films that way. So if they don't nominate them that way, I wonder if I should look at them that way, like see Lego Movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if they're nominating by a certain set of rules, I don't want to. I don't know. Does that make sense? What yeah. I'm yeah. saying? We'd have to have our charter revoked. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, because the story is just. Uh, I mean, the story itself, in a in a macro sense, is interesting, but it it gets a little repetitive. And has, you know, 10 to 15 minute stretches of being boring. Mm-hmm. I feel like it should have been short and it would have been way easier to make. <laughs> but it was uh, a six, 65,000 individual paintings. That's, that's what it was supposed crazy. to be. God. It started as a short. Yeah. And they were just like, let's keep going. Let's make um, it long. <laughs> yeah. And then it had randomly like people I knew in it, which I wasn't expecting. Chris O'Dowd <clears throat> and Sarsha Ronan are both in it. Yeah. Uh, I saw Phantom Thread, which I think Brent is the only one here who has seen. Mm-hmm. Um, Enjoy a little secret together. <laughs> really, really good movie. 
just proficient in almost every way. It was far more interesting than I thought it was going to be. Yes. Do you think it would affect your top ten of the year? No. Okay. But um, just because I was, it might if I watch it again. Honestly, I didn't like, know where I didn't know what was going on in the first forty five minutes, which helps probably uh, keep me kind of engaged because mm-hmm. um, the story is not about. I can clearly say the story is not what you think it's about, for sure. Mm-hmm. Especially if you read a yeah a plot description, there's no way you can know what's going on. No, uh, in the movie ahead of time from trailers or anything. And I mean the acting, uh, they found gold in what's her name, Vicky Creeps. Yeah, yeah, she's fantastic. And then the other the, the nominated actors are just phenomenal mm-hmm. as well. Do you think Creeps could have been? What would she more likely have been nominated for? Supporting or best actress lead lead? I think. I think she's one of the top lead performances of the year. She's really good. A lot of critics are saying that. Really good. Um, yeah, I, I love the movie. Don't know who I'd recommend it to, but if you're if you're any kind of cinephile or claim you are, um, definitely worth a this watch. This is your test. Yeah. You claim well, I mean, it's just if, if you yeah if you <laughs> if you think you like like deep movies and thinkers or whatever you want to sure. call them, it's definitely a worth watching. It's also not just that that like I I feel like. It's it's more entertaining too, like it than than I thought it was gonna be. Like that, I I expected that aspect of it. What you were saying just then, right? But it, what surprised me was like how funny the movie was. I laughed out loud several times. Yeah, yeah, and uh, just also a second. Uh, Down Day Lewis, fucking incredible actor. Holy <laughs> good lord, that man is amazing. Alert the press. Yeah. Daniel Day-Lewis is <laughs> still just, really good at acting. I was kind of thinking, like, I'm going to be let down by his performance. Yeah. I saw it, and I was like, nope. Nope, nope not at <laughs> all. He's great. Uh, and then, just yesterday, I saw Molly's Game. It's entertaining. It's an okay movie. <laughs> Written really well. That's about it. Deserves its nomination, I guess. How's Chastain in it? She's fine. Um, I'm not the biggest Chastain fan, so it's hard for me to say. Well, I don't really know. I generally like her. I haven't seen this She's... She's good. She's never blown me away. Anything. I think her best work is probably uh, Zero Dark Thirty. I would put uh, and uh, the most violent year. Ahead. I haven't seen it. I would probably put Take Shelter. I haven't seen it. She's good. Great Take Shelter. Movie. I would put nice something you guys chain. haven't seen. <laughs> Please subscribe. <laughs> There's lots of things we haven't when, seen from when she was on last week. <laughs> um, she was pretty good on that. She was pretty good. She was good in Take Shelter. I just feel like Fastbender stole so much of that movie. Shannon. Yeah, Shannon. Sorry. Anybody else get them too confused? Because I do all the time. No, but I think Michael Shannon thanks you. <laughs> <laughs> He's a Frankenstein of a man. And I love him. It's usually cover the Vanity Fair thing. Did y'all see that? It's yeah. like all these beautiful women and Tom Hanks and Gilbert Adora. <laughs> he was in the back middle just like... Who's Shannon? Yeah, Michael Shannon's Shannon like, I don't know why I'm here. He's like almost like Sasquatch pose. Like. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands. Why am I with all these famous people? Oprah's here. This is weird. <laughs> What, yeah, what but, happened to James Franco? <laughs> yeah, it's right there. I'm still James. I can just see him looking at the cover and be like, "I swear James was there." What wizardry <laughs> removed him from this cover? He like puts it in front of a mirror and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> you go to Michael Shannon's house. He's got like a stick figure James Franco drawn on the cover. He's got. He's got a corkboard with like push pins and red string. Yeah. <laughs> We're dumb. Yeah, Molly's game is good. I think the best performance is probably Kevin Costner in that movie. I heard that from. And I didn't really know he was in it. <laughs> on a I saw it. So uh, he was really good. And not in it a lot, but yeah, really film, good. Film spotting, uh, Adam Kempner on it said that was one of his favorite scenes is uh, uh, Costner and. Uh, 
Chastain at the end of that movie. Kevin Costner was one of his favorite supporting performances. Nice. I wonder if Kevin Costner is given any any script that is sports adjacent. <laughs> They're like, well, this one's got a this one's got a figure skater, but there's really not a role for you. But this one's about a skier and gambling. Sign me up. Got it. I got a weird question. How's Michael Sarah in it? I think we're all ready for Sarah. Ren- I don't know because I actually listened to that episode what? of Sarah Renaissance. I listened to that episode of Film Spotting, and one of them was High on Sarah in the movie too. And I hadn't seen it at all. It's a horrible cast, especially when he's like a conglomeration of like Leonardo DiCaprio and other good-looking people. It's like, why is he? He's such a dominating, like, kind of villain, and he just doesn't pull that off. I thought he was supposed to be like Topher Grace. I mean, or maybe Topher Grace was supposed to be that. Also, that kind of guy in Ocean's movies. He's a you know that running thing. From what I read, it was a it was a mix of like four or five I don't actors. But yeah, no, I, I didn't like him in it at all. All right, he's supposed to like be this kind of overpowering force, like always in control. Yeah, and he just didn't do it. He still played like a little kind of bumbling kid, like he plays in most movies. That's what I would figure. Yeah, um, Idris Elba was great. Um, he's got a really good. He's got like the the soliloquy moment, um, do the right thing kind of speech. Cool. And he's got a great voice for that. But yeah, Chris O'Dowd is in this movie. That's the second one. We <laughs> found him. Yep. Yeah. The story's not that interesting. It's like, oh, you broke the law and got caught. You just didn't break it that bad. <laughs> so you don't want to get in that much trouble. That's pretty much it. It's been, it's, uh, maybe it's just like all the movies that came out and happened to have female leads this year. It's being positioned as like something that is about females taking power in workplace kind of parable like that. Mm-hmm. Anything there or is that kind of overblown? Um, I'll take my answer off air. A little overblown. Gotcha. I think. It, it's, I don't know, it's interesting. Uh, Cassandra was entertaining the whole time in this two and a half hour movie. Hmm. And she wasn't bored, which surprised me. The They do a lot of animation on a lot of the poker thing, poker scenes. Making sure that everybody in the movie kind of knows the basics of how to play Texas Hold'em. Hmm. And they were quick enough for me to not bore me, somebody who's played a, some poker and knows the rules mm-hmm. fairly well. Um, but for somebody like uh, Cassandra, who has never played poker and knows nothing of the rules, I was worried they might be too quick. Because it's Sorkin directing and writing. So it's, you know, super sure snappy. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's how you win. Yeah. Um, so they, as, you know, as they're walking through like eight said, rooms yeah. describing it. It's like, how do you play poker when you're like sprinting through hallways? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> just like a bunch of guys. Um, there was a lot of that too. The movie just bleeds Sorkin. It was everywhere and very obvious. I wonder if that's the movie, if that's the screenplay of the year because you said it's two and a half hours long and written by Aaron Sorkin. I wonder if it like, it's is, like that thick. Is like the, <laughs> it's like has the most words of any movie that came out this year. It's, most spoken It's pretty words. much nonstop dialogue. Yeah. So. Yeah, like best editing is usually the most editing. If you want most <laughs> writing, it's probably that. <laughs> but anyway, the poker things Cassandra really enjoyed and said they explained enough without making her feel dumb and without dragging on too long. They do a lot of animation where they kind of show you both hands. They kind of do like a old ESPN style mm-hmm. where they'll like show everybody's hands on the side and what's going on. Nice. Um, it's, it's, it was fun. Definitely entertaining. Um, and that's, that's it. Wow. Cool. 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 Is it time? So we're talking, is it? Blazing on the streets. Pretty much focused on award season, I think. Yeah. This cast. There's a lot going on. I think Chris has some 
the stuff that we haven't even looked up yet. Yep. Some, some guild news. The American American Cinema Editors had their award ceremony. Um, the Ace Awards. The, the Eddie Awards. The Ace yeah. Eddie Awards. It's, yeah. Um, I did take a swing, didn't you? <laughs> um, it's Dunkirk's the big winner for dramatic. I, Tanya won for comedy, which was good. And it's the first year they had a, um, animated and Coco won, which is cool. Interesting. Um, there's some documentary stuff. Jane, which didn't even get a best doc nom. Hmm. They got for t- TV, Blackish won. Curb Your Enthusiasm. Fargo, uh, Handmaid's Tale, yeah, but Ace Awards, if yeah. you're curious. So Dunkirk, I wonder... Would it be in the lead? Both Dunkirk and I, Tanya are nominated. Right. They're both, the in, uh, I mean, from a very amateur Oz, they seem to be the front runners at a time for me anyway. Both really good mm-hmm. yeah. in that department. It feels like it could be another, like last year, where editing went to Hacksaw Ridge, Mm-hmm. Which was never like a best picture player, but had like the most showy mm-hmm. kind of editing. Maybe that kind of year. Yeah. Because it's hard to say what the, uh, we'll talk about it later, I guess, what the front runner really is for best picture now. It's all over the place, man. Everything's yeah. lacking. Some, but what else we got? Uh, the Art Directors Guild Awards. They split it up. I know you talked about it last cast mm-hmm. between period, contemporary, fantasy. Yeah. Uh, period, the winner was Shape of Water. Um, beating out, you know, Dark Star, Dark Star yeah. Murder on the Orient Express in the Post. Um, best Fantasy, Blade Runner. Nice! That's nominated, right? Beow, beow. Yeah. Contemporary went to Logan. Nice! I think I found the guild that I associate with the most. Nice. <laughs> um, and then animated was Coco, um, which shouldn't surprise no one. Game of Thrones, big winner for Fantasy and, uh, Handmaid's Tale for Contemporary. Black Mirror won for USS Callister, the first episode of the new, the new series. Yeah, that's good. For a television movie or limited series. Glow won for half hour. Single camera and multi-camera was uh, Will and Grace. Um, there's other stuff. <laughs> the the only, fi- only TV show filmed with Bunch one of camera. Shorts. <laughs> uh, Portlandia won for series as well. That's fun. It's hmm. a fun guild. Yeah. And then last bit of Breezy before we get into the meat um, is the Sundance uh, Awards. The Sundance Film Festival is wrapping up today. Um, and there's some early reports back. Um, one of them is The Miseducation of Cameron Post, which mm-hmm. is a movie directed by Desiree Akhavan uh, about gay conversion therapy. Yep, in like 93 or something, yeah. 95. Chloe Grace Moretz is in it. Um, won the uh, Grand Jury Prize. Hmm. Um, yeah, I'm excited about that one. Looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Where, yeah. is, where is this? Sundance. Sundance. Ah, okay. I didn't realize Sundance was this early because we're normally so like heads down on Oscars that I just don't pay any attention. Because mm-hmm. um, these are movies that may not even come out until 2019. Right. Um, based on distribution stuff. Uh, audience award for drama went to Burden. Don't know much about it. It's mm. Garrett Hedlund as a KKK guy. Forrest Whitaker's in it. And then the U.S. documentary went to a movie called The Sentence. Um, I think that the the big audience award for drama is still yet to come. I think that's kind of the last thing they do. The last two audience awards. Yeah. Yep, Sundance. Yeah. Sweet. From what I heard from critics, there's not like the big runaway Manchester hit, Manchester mm-hmm. by the Sea hit here, or Call Me By Your Name hit. Mm-hmm. Or Big Sick was Sundance last year. Yeah. And was great. Oscar Whiplash was Sundance this year. 
exciting. Yeah. To see those movies. I'm keeping my ear to the ground on this stuff because I started putting in predictions for basically every award show. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I do too. Yeah. So, uh, Oscar nominations came out. Yeah. Last podcast I think we officially put out was the predictions. Is that true? No, that's not true. <laughs> no. That was two weeks ago. That was two weeks ago. Time flies. Um, but uh, your nominees for Best Picture, uh, I don't know, you probably know them if you care. <laughs> Call Me By Your Name, Darkest Tower, Dunkirk, Get Out, Lady Bird, Phantom Thread, The Post, Shape of Water, Three Billboards. Leading uh, nominees are, uh, you know, 13-4, Shape of Water. You got uh, Dunkirk is up there, Three Billboards is up there with seven... Phantom Thread, six. That was the, the big surprise movie, I think. Big surprise. Yeah, of the, of the nominations. Yeah, I gave a little rundown of some fun facts on the website. Uh, one of them is that uh, only guild that uh, Phantom Thread hit was Costume Designers Guild. Yeah. And nothing else. And as a comparison, Shape of Water and Dunkirk both had nine different guilds nominate them as some of the best. Yeah. And uh, Costume Designers Guild, like Chris is talking about with production design, there's 15 films nominated every year. <laughs> so right. It's like one out of 15. <laughs> um, any uh, big snubs, flubs, or crubs about it? I thought... Um, I, hate, I hate the word snub. Yeah, I did too. Stuff. I, I did think that I was surprised Holly Hunter didn't get nominated. Yeah, I really wanted her in there. Yeah, I... I I don't know how to feel about that. I feel like I just wanted six nominees in there. Now that I've seen... Um, Mudbound? And all those Band movies. Mm-hmm. I'd probably take Blige out if I had to pick one. Um, I don't think she was the best part about that movie, but... Meh. Yeah. I mean, I obviously think Florida Project should have been nominated for Best Picture, but... Yeah, I, I'm Blade Runner at right. hand. Like, I want them for Best Picture, but I know it wasn't going to happen. Yeah. All of our uh, all of our number one movies at least got one nomination though. You know, Defoe's in there for you. Yeah. Get Out's got Get Out. I was I really liked the I really liked the director field this year. Me too. It's probably director my favorite great. field. I thought something bad was going to happen to Jordan Peele or Gerwig or some of those fun newer directors mm-hmm. getting nominated. And if you're going to throw someone out, uh, I like Martin McDonough. I haven't seen Three Billboards, but I like his other movies. Um, it's kind of cool to put uh, PTA in. Only been nominated once for a director. He's got more nominations than anybody else in the field this year. Yes. He's, he's, <laughs> the, he's the old head this year. Yeah, I mean, I thought McDonough was first out coming in if they were going to split from DGA. Mm. Only because I didn't think they were going to do that to Gerwig or Peel. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think Del Toro and Nolan are probably the most deserving to be in there. Out of the things I've seen so far, so hmm. just made sense to me. Um, and Three Billboards is such a dialogue-driven and acting-driven movie that the directing is isn't something that stood out to me at all in that movie. True. Yeah, I'd happily trade his nomination for Woody Harrelson's. Sure, me too. Like if I had to pick one of them to be nominated, like yeah. we knew we knew uh, Rockwell and uh, McDormand were going to be nominated. Yeah, but. Uh, if you'd said who's more deserving of a nomination, Harrelson or McDonough, I would have I would have said Harrelson hands down. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, that's another thing in supporting actor. We got two 
uh, actors from the same movie in billboards. First time in 26 years that that's happened. Um, edges out the Call Me By Your Name Boys. None of us have seen it all the way through, so yeah. can't really comment that much. But I do like Stuhlbarg's never been nominated, even when uh, a serious man was up, and he's just puts in good work. I mean, mm-hmm. the year before he was in like I think a couple best Arrival. movies, Arrival, and at least one other movie. Who's in? Well, he, didn't we call it the John C. Reilly, Delmar Gleeson, Michael Stuhlbarg award? <laughs> yeah. Before, even though Michael Stuhlbarg is in a lot of these movies, I think he was in two or three last year, mm-hmm. and he's in another couple this year. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I haven't seen that movie. Maybe it's maybe go fuck himself. I guess. Also, I'm happy that uh, Johnny Greenwood got his first nomination for score. Yeah, because. Uh, you know, there was the big controversy back in 07 for There Will Be Blood mm-hmm. when it was he got ruled ineligible mm-hmm. because it wasn't completely written for the movie. He used one of his own songs right. that he had written and not ended up using or something. I right. forget if he used it or not. I think it had been uh, on an album that was like he did with like the London Philharmonic. Okay. Some like weird, bizarre EP. Yeah. Like part of a theme or motif, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's such a. He's a great film composer, a really idiosyncratic voice in music. Every time I, I get into like looking at score nominees, like whatever the field that gets announced is, you look at it and you go, "Well, yeah, like obviously, like it, it's always like five giants." Like if you're ever uncertain whether or not like a movie, if you ever notice the score and go, "Wow, that really affected the movie in a in a positive way." It's probably like one of the six or seven people who's nominated for best score it's every true. year. Yeah, or it's like, man, this score is really getting in the way. There's a chance it's, it's also, also them. nominated. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's, I feel like Hans Zimmer in particular, like really yep. uh, teeters between mm-hmm. like, ooh, enhancing or just getting on my nerves with getting in the way of the movie. I might have preferred, you know, Hans Zimmer's Blade Runner score instead of the Dunkirk score. Yes. I like the... Bl- mm-hmm. I, well, it's kind of tough. I like that score better, but I think the Dunkirk score is more important to the movie. I, I think that they... For both, tension purposes. I saw them both doing very similar things in both movies and liked them both in it. Um, surprised that John Williams uh, nominated... Obviously, I shouldn't be surprised that John Williams gets nominated, but for Star Wars and not The Post... Um, yeah, the Star Wars score didn't really. I mean, uh, it's a well, fucking Star Wars. Score. I don't know what's like, new. I couldn't great, tell what's but... new, especially with like Force Awakens. I couldn't tell what was new from Force Awakens to Last Jedi. That's the weird thing. It's like the pre-existing thing doesn't seem to take into account your own work or something. Because like John Williams, I mean, I'm not. I haven't seen the movie. I don't know the different iterations of it. But same with uh, Harry Potter movies. The, the composers were getting nominated like a whole bunch of years. Same with Lord of the Rings. Howard Shore was nominated like every year for the score with Whoa. some like slight variations and mm-hmm. he's nominated again. It's a great score, but I don't know what changes that much. Yeah, I don't remember the score from the post <laughs> for some reason, so I don't know. I, don't I, know. I just thought that, you know... It's John Williams. That's all you know. Probably it's, had some trumpets. When was the last time that, that John Williams won a score award? And then did has he won one for Star Wars? Yes, he's won for Star Wars. He won for the first Star Wars. Okay. I think 
Is Schindler's list the last time he won? He should have won for he should have just won for Duel of the Fates in nineteen ninety nine. That's great. It is good. Yeah. I'm blowing it up. Um, cause, cause if you read a song that makes people single handedly like put that movie over another movie in the rankings, and people cite that as a reason that movie is better than another in the series, you should get an Oscar for that. <laughs> yeah. You did as much as you can. Last time he won was for Schindler's List. Previous to that it was E. T. Star Wars, Jaws, Filler on the Roof. Like for someone to have not been what's Schindler, ninety four, ninety five? Ninety three. Ninety three. Ninety three. For someone who is a giant, and like, as far as score is concerned, like a household name, mm-hmm. John Williams to not have won since 93 is, re- is not ridiculous, but it's crazy. He's been nominated 18 times since then. <laughs> was he double nominated in 93? Because he should have been. Uh, no, <laughs> for Jurassic not. Park? Oh, yeah. No nomination for Jurassic Park. Um, what the hell got in over Jurassic Park? Now I'm looking at that. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, so score. We have a new thing, 93 was the most unfair year in film. <laughs> I don't know these movies. I don't care. <laughs> but yeah, so score, I was a little surprised that it was Williams for that instead of Post. Only because, uh, you know, maybe maybe my bias that I didn't think that there was anything partic- particularly spectacular about it. It was all sound mixing and sound editing to me that was what was the standout for Last Jedi. Yeah. Brings me to another fun point is sound mixing, sound editing, and editing. Baby Driver, Atlanta's own. Yeah, I really, really love that nomination. Yeah. yeah, all three of them. And going, and it will confuse it even more this year because we have a year where the same five movies are nominated <laughs> for both sound editing and sound mixing. So if you tried to figure out what these categories mean and how they're different, good luck. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we did with all of our predictions, too. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love that that happened. That makes it so much easier. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm really like, happy that, same movie. <laughs> that the Get Out didn't just get like a nod at Best Picture or Best Director. That it hit kind of everywhere. It hit screenplay, actor, director, Best Picture. That made me real happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love that is an actor. Yeah, it's great. Some of the greatest For a horror movie, reaction, too. It's so rare. Yeah, and mm. reaction face acting. You know, we're, we're big fans of that. <laughs> <laughs> Show me that face. <laughs> love a good face. Give me the more emotions. Give, give me that over all that Ryan Gosling shoulder acting. It's <laughs> the face of a man with a face is what that is. <laughs> um, I've got a little, um, y'all haven't seen it, but... Um, quiz? <laughs> left out of production design was The Greatest Showman, which I thought was uh, the part of that movie that stood out the most to me, aside from the music that was my answer shot on the predictions I, I, yeah I predicted from, there too I really thought it was going to get in from what I saw it seems like that's I mean it's it's song it's it's not acting because it's just how well they can sing and then it's production design but I thought that it would it would make its marbles there yeah um, but I mean I haven't seen The Darkest Hour I don't know I thought The Darkest Hour was over nominated across the board yeah yeah. You think it should have been Oldman and that's it? If that? Yes. No, I definitely think he should be nominated. Yeah. I would not pick him as my choice to win, I don't think. But I, he, I feel like if he wins, it will be a lifetime achievement. I feel, like, I feel like there's always a British film that is over-nominated like that. Well, BAFTA is one of the major contributors to nominations, aren't they? Yeah, there's a lot of overlap. People in BAFTA and people in the Academy. Mm-hmm. Kind of like uh, both Theory of Everything... I felt like was over nominated. It's like an English movie. Yeah. English director. Yeah, I like the performances, but that was it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Was there anything last year? Was overly nominated in British? <laughs> was last year uh, Danish Girl? No. That's no, two, two years ago. ago. La La Land? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, Whatever, it happens every now and then. Yeah. I'm comfortable. I thought Fences was over nominated last year because it was nominated last year. Yeah. Yeah, we did too. Except for her. I liked her. But we are. Holidays. Her was a good movie. We have to disclose we are all white. <laughs> I don't think we have to disclose that to, at this point. We have to yeah. disclose uh, only, only some of us have fences. They're going to they're gonna break up our charter. <laughs> yeah. We have to disclose that. Brent doesn't only, have a fence. Only uh, 75% of this podcast has fences. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't think that, that we know enough about all the movies nominated. We were just going on odds for foreigns and documentaries and stuff. But, you know, Smoke on the Street is Jane Got Left Out. Um, and for foreign, not really that much hubbub. Foxtrot. Foxtrot. Oh, that's right. This Square got in. Front runners, the Israeli movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, first, first Lebanese movie to be nominated, which is cool. Yep, I guess. The I mean, insult. I really do feel like foreign best foreign language film has like the highest degree of difficulty to get awarded yes. because like. Your country has to select the best film that is entirely in a native language. No, it doesn't even have to be native language, but in another language. It's predominantly. It has to be the best from your country. And then there's like a gauntlet of 170 submissions yeah. that get like slowly whittled down as more and more people watch them and as they expand it wider and wider. This would be more fun if it were a tournament. <laughs> well, it kind of is. Some countries like Israel has like their version of the Academy Awards. They always automatically send the best picture winner from that. Same with, uh, I think Japan does it that way. Uh, some other countries. Other things are like talking to the state-run government. Yeah. Like, Loveless had to get through Russia. And uh, the right director is apparently kind of controversial because he talks that like life in Russia is miserable. But it, this is like his second film to be nominated. The Leviathan guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, same with uh, some South American countries and countries where it's subsidized by the government. Government takes a stab at it and... You know, if there's something that's too critical, like it happened to Brazil a couple years ago, a movie called Aquarius, didn't get in. Uh, it was a high, it was like one of those like things was like 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, yeah. That like doesn't come out till the next year. Um, oh. It's just interesting. There's yeah. a bunch of ways to get there. I just really want like the fun of upsets in this bracket. Like I want like, <laughs> like, oh my God, I can't believe Italy lost to Kiribati. <laughs> or something like that. Uh, like head to head brackets. Yes. That'd be great. Like a... You like a, a two seed lost to a fifteen yeah. seed. Yeah, get off the survivor thing. <laughs> this is March Madness, Madness Doc. <laughs> survivor has nothing to do with this. <laughs> what? Dumbass. Your your need to eliminate. Yeah, things. you need to eliminate things. And then, and and then like your your example of pathological Kira. way. Is, is uh, Kiribati one of the settings for one of the seasons? It actually is not. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah. Yes. I, have, I have another weird. Uh, they should go there. Though. That'd be cool. <laughs> weird omission for best visual effects is usually if you have a best picture nominee that has visual effects, at least one of them get in there. And Dunkirk and Shape of Water, which both have visual effects, aren't there. I thought it was weird that we were like Shape of Water could get fourteen, probably not. But like the one that I was like sure it was going to get is the one I got <laughs> left off. Which was weird. I picked it to. To not be there, but I also did the worst. 
Yeah. So I can't say anything. Yeah. I had Okja. I hope for Okja to be in there. That would have been awesome. I crossed my fingers for Okja, too. Yeah. yeah. But it's the first time in, like, a bunch of years where there's not a Best Picture nominee in here. So maybe it will actually be the best visual effects instead of the best film with visual effects in it. Yeah, I feel like, like that's the, the Revenant type winner. winner. Yeah. Oh, wait. Does Andy Serkis actually win? Because he's in three of the movies in visual <laughs> effects. I think he's just in two. I misspoke when I said that earlier. Oh, okay. Um, he's not in Kong. That's the guy who was in Shape of Water. <laughs> Doug Jones. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this Kong. What I thought he used to be. He was King Caesar. Kong. Oh, oh. He is Caesar now. Yeah, and that is nominated. Yes, yes. and he was Kong in King Kong. Yes, yes. Circus yes. Yeah, got it. <sighs> <laughs> I did. I did uh, read something. I, I did <laughs> very nerdily printed out the instructions and rules for voting mm-hmm. for the Academy. Um, there was something we had talked about before where. Uh, I've listened to our last year's Oscar, Oscar podcast because we had a couple of people that were trying to go back and listen to it and uh, Brent figured out something to fix it. And I was listening to the first little bit of it. You're welcome. And uh, <laughs> David had mentioned that the songs have to be in the movie but they don't anymore anyway. They may have changed that and then gone back. As mm-hmm. long as it's the first song played in the end credits. Oh. It's fine. Oh, so it can't be like the second song in the end credits. Right. They used to not allow that. Yeah, so now it can literally just play over the credits and that's fine. It has to be playing when the first credit appears on screen, which is why you see that happen in so many movies, I assume, that like music and first credit at the same time hmm. kind of thing. Hmm. But is there anyone that was guilty of that this year or I don't know. I'll figure it out. I was I was actually looking at it because I was like, oh, if I maybe Marshall. I've set my goal to watch all these nominees, which, you know, is gonna be tough to do, but I'm like, if I can't, I'm not gonna watch fucking Marshall. That's if it's just a song that plays over the credits. Right, I'm not gonna waste my time. Yeah, like I think that like there's some movies like certainly in The Greatest Showman that song has importance to the plot. Remember me. Is, Remember me has importance is to the more plot. More vital than any other Pixar movie song has been to a movie. Yeah, but like, you know, the Call by Your Name song. Apparently, I mean, music has a lot to do with that movie, so I've heard. Yeah, it does, but it's all it's it's classical. You know, yeah. the Chalamet's character is a uh, music student, um, and Army Hammer is loosely interested in it. Uh, in Mudbound, it definitely plays over the credits. Yeah. Because it doesn't play in the movie anywhere. Yeah, no. I don't have music. <laughs> it was the time before very music. sad. <laughs> we're going to put on a show. It's just mud. It's, it's all, it's all we're waiting there. for the dirt to be mud, we're going to do a talent contest. <laughs> but yeah, if, if it's just... I mean, a talent how, contest. Like, <laughs> lav it up that movie. Yeah. <laughs> we're going to cancel the dance. <laughs> yeah, you Wait, did, I thought they did. They needed a talent contest. for the good story. <laughs> That was what I really wanted to get nominated. I mean, uh, the the song in Ghost Story is actually really good. It was my favorite. I actually did my like that song, song yeah. in, in Ghost Story. I like the use of it yeah. in that moment. After lots of standing. <laughs> Maybe I should watch that movie again, but standing and wearing a sheet. <laughs> or I'll just get Kelly to watch it and tell her that I have to work late and then stand in the corner of the room. Make sure you watch that movie while you're standing wearing a sheet and not mudbound. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Edit. Having <laughs> a uh, Michael Shannon movie. Where'd Brent go? Yeah. <laughs> and that's how you pay it off. Uh, anything else? Oscar nominations? <laughs> that's actually how you force it to be in. All of our bullshit about Michael Shannon. Yep. I think that's really it. That's true. If we keep like referring back to something, I can't delete it. Just do callbacks. <laughs> 
It makes it too hard to delete. I'm a, next podcast we record, we talk about Beetlejuice. It's just going to be callbacks to this and the inappropriate jokes we made. <laughs> David said Pyrrhic victory about some documentary. Oh, damn. <laughs> I got nothing. I wasn't. I was. I want to talk about what I was excited about. I loved that Logan got adapted screenplay. Mm-hmm. You know, I made my That's case. Awesome. Um, yeah. You know, I'm not sure if this is the first comic book series to ever uh, hit it in adapted screenplay that wasn't like a graphic novel. It's the first comic book ever nominated for anything. Okay. S- second. Well, comic. Not, not every anything. Yeah. Dark, screenplay. Sorry. And visual effects they get in. Yeah. Yeah. Screenplay. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. The last, uh, besides graphic novel, because Ghost World yeah, got Ghost in World got and uh, American, Splendor. American Splendor, but it had been since 1931. Wow, and that was a comic strip. Yeah, yeah. not a book. Yeah. Skippy about like an orphan kid <laughs> played by <laughs> Jackie <laughs> Cooper. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I, I really liked that that Logan inclusion. I want breaking the streak. I want I want them to because like. God forbid one day there's a you know a, a movie based on a video game and it's a great adaptation mm-hmm. like you know they should think about adaptation from any medium not just you know plays and novels and yeah. short stories mm-hmm. that's a good point it takes a long time to kind of break that barrier for yeah especially stodgy writers and stuff especially they're gonna have to rethink how they display the nominees because you know how they normally have like someone clacking on a typewriter as they like you know show you know like yeah. Amy Adams, like so and so, walks on blah yeah. blah blah. Is laying in bed, like reading a book. It, they're gonna have to show like panels from fucking Wolverine comics. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure the screenplay wasn't just a comic. I, book. I know <laughs> that would be awesome. <laughs> that would be <laughs> cool as shit. That's why I got nominated. It's like uh, this, this is the face you've got to be <laughs> yeah. making. This, this guy, this panel right here. Some ADR work. Um, excellent. One more quick thing. I was excited that. The Cab Elementary got nominated just for the only dumb reason that it's yeah right down the road from where we record. Yep. Um, the movie doesn't look like a feel-good short film, but it's neat it sh- that it's nominated. Mm-hmm. Should be. It should make you feel somewhat good. Isn't it based on like the the true story of what happened there? No. No. It is a fictional school shooting. You cannot <laughs> feel good in an elementary school. Oh, I thought it was the cheating scandal. No, the no. the school that had the the. The woman at the desk like talked the guy out of it or something. Remember that? when that happened here in Atlanta? No. Oh. Maybe it is a trailer. Sounds like what the trailer looked like. Yeah. Maybe you've just seen the trailer. Was that you? <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Definitely edit that out. What do we take? Maybe not. I don't know. We can go ahead and keep going up. No, I think you're right. The last uh, thing I have is for I am upset with the best animated film category. I think they really screwed the pooch. Lego Batman? Batman. No. They screwed up my awesome statistic I had about the Annie Awards. Yeah. Uh, Uh, Boss Baby and Ferdinand made it in. And before that, uh, like 197 out of 200 nominees had all been either Best Studio or Best Independent nominees at the Annie Awards. I'm rooting for Boss Baby to win, just so every, just so everybody can just grab their pitchforks and be yep. angry at the Oscars. It's not horrible. I mean, it was, I mean, it's not as good as Coco, yeah. but it's fine. It's, I mean, what's going to lose to Coco? That's essentially like right. what the four and five spots are here. Yeah, but John Cena is the lead in an Oscar-nominated movie. Yes, <laughs> in Ferdinand. Finally, <laughs> titular role. Yep. 
Yeah, Brent, you're right. That, this really happened. Hmm. Vindicated. Remember that being on the news? It was like that woman was, you know. Walked into the office with the AK 47 and was talked down by the school secretary. Yeah, she was. She should be a local hero. Yeah. Obama called her. That's kind of cool. <laughs> Good job. Thanks, Obama. Fake news. Man, she eventually proactively <laughs> walked outside in front of him so the police wouldn't shoot him. <laughs> I mean, the guy had like when severe did this problems. Take, yeah. When did this take place? I want to say like 13. Oh, okay, yeah, I was going to say around the. I don't remember it well, though. I, I was living right down the road. <laughs> you were here. <laughs> worried about what else you missed? Like, yeah. What else is happening around me? I used to worry about that. Sorry to take a podcast out with this, but whenever we had Tabby Allen where there was no cell phone service and no other people besides us, I was like, hope the world's okay. I've been out here for a week. <laughs> you go back and look out your win- window. Street kid, what day is it? <laughs> Give me the newspaper. <laughs> Street kid. Urchin. Why are there newsies? <laughs> We've gone back in time. <laughs> Street rat. <laughs> Street rat. Here's four dollars. Go fetch the finest. Where do you, where do you live, Agrabah? <laughs> Did the world change? Like no, David just started treating poor people poorly. Hey, human leech. Give me the, the comings and goings. <laughs> How is the Dow? <laughs> Let me explain what the Dow is. Your urchin ears. All right, Dave. Hey, we haven't done this in a while. Do we want to talk about what's coming in theaters? Yeah, we forgot to do that last couple of weeks. Gosh, I thought when, I thought when we watched all the movies of 2017, they just wouldn't make anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, guys, so we got some wackos. In got them all. Movie. Well, it's it's kind of neat because this is the time of year where a bunch of garbage gets released. <laughs> yep. Yeah, we have where we're forced to pick a shitty one. It's a race to see who can get to the page first. Winchester. <laughs> That's my pick. Yeah, it's just just Winchester on the wide release. And we could make an assumption some of the limited stuff. Winchester has a subtitle. It's Winchester, the house that ghosts built. It's a weird house. It's a real house. It's, it's a weird. fun wiki hole reading about that story. Yeah. Are oh, you talking about this? Isn't this like a it's the house that shouldn't really exist? About all the weird rooms like a Stephen and angles King and stuff? short story like this. Uh, no, it's just yeah, a house where a lady thought they were like ghosts of she inherited the Winchester Rifle Company mm-hmm. and thought all the ghosts that were killed by Winchester rifles were telling her to like build and add on to this house so there are like staircases to nowhere and weird windows. Yeah, they said she had like a curse where it's like you're going to die or your kid's going to die as soon as your house is done bu- being built. So she keeps building it yeah. for her mm-hmm. entire lifetime. It's still there. You can go see it. Go check out the house. Cool. Fantastic Woman has a limited release. Did they get nominated? Yep. So That looks really good. Previews look The movie good I probably won't get to see. Oh, man, the week after that, not to jump ahead, is, is rough. It's got three wide releases, but I don't know which one I want to see. I know which one I'm going to see, because I need to finish it. <laughs> the Peter Rabbit trilogy? Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to see fucking 1517 to Paris. I never saw 1516. <laughs> this is, although it is kind of neat. I saw 0001 and I quit watching. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of the cast in 1517 to Paris are the actual people. The three guys who started yeah. it are. Yeah. Um, so that's kind of neat, but and I then, like, don't give a shit about anything Clint Eastwood's doing. Yeah, that's true. Um, Everything he says is true. <laughs> Chris is true. And Eastwood is false. Um, with what Jason Clark's done, with what Jason Clark's done in the uh, past several years, actually I wouldn't mind seeing Winchester. I mean, it's got Jason Clark and Helen Mirren in it. 
They're both they're both good. <laughs> All right, so let's let's land this plane on the Hudson. This was Talkie Talk <laughs> podcast for the media by us. Please visit the site and see our stuff. Please connect with us on Twitter, Gmail, uh, Facebook groups, Facebook page. We'd love to hear from you for any podcast topics. And uh, while you're there, please subscribe, uh, give us a rating, um, tell us how we're doing. And uh, we want to say thanks to Willow Walkers for providing the intro music. Thanks. Thanks. Thanks to Bureva for providing the intro music. Thanks. Not intro music. Two people don't do that. The outro music. Bureva. Thanks to you guys for being here because we did it and it's done. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Bye. Kicking rocks down old dusty roads. Small town slowpokes long time ago. Kicking out records of all the things that I know. All the things that I know. <laughs> what? Uh, I just got the giggles. She said, who was in Mudbound? And I was about to say, the Babadook. <laughs> Doesn't make any sense. Nope. Who was in Mudbound? Oh, the Babadook. <laughs> That's it. It's also, yeah, the, the Winchester starring Ellen Mirren. Jason Clark and the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> Duke will be the but it's, <laughs> but it's the the Babadook embracing his role as a gay rats icon. <laughs> Have y'all heard about that? Yeah. You, you watch too much Survivor. Apparently. <laughs> 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 this is all getting cut.